Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we have decided to make this a drinking game. A drinking game? <laughs> That's right. Any negative criticism about a film is absolutely allowed, but you're going to be called out for it. You are going to hear a buzz. And that means that we're drinking. There it is. Drink too. There it is. <laughs> so pour yourselves a glass. Oh, yes. Give it up. Oh, there he goes. For the films we love and perhaps a film that needs some love. Oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe. Very excited to talk about our two films. But let's go ahead and John, why don't you give us some shout outs right off the bat? The shout outs. Let's mm. do it, baby. We drink beer. The guys are drinking our beer sponsor's beer. The beer sponsor's name is Carlos Barroza. Hold the bruise up, you guys. He has an Instagram handle. It's C Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. Shout out to Carlos. Thank you for the beer, brother. And as always, the music you hear on this episode and every single episode is provided by the artist Dasein. That's Dasein. D A S E I N. If you like the music, you can go over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein artist and you can download all this music for free. So go over there and fucking go for it. Jeff, oh. hit me. All right, people, we are going to be talking about two films today. This is week five of our segment. It was the best of film. It was the worst of film of 2020, in which we take a Oscar favorite and a Razzie favorite, and we talk about them both. So that by the time we get to the Razzie film, hopefully we're, you know, a little beard up and we're feeling loose to talk about films that are considered <laughs> to be the worst of film. <laughs> All right. And we have a very, very exciting set of films. We have Sound of Metal coming up first, starring Riz Ahmed, who was just nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance. Yes. And our Razzie film is a film called 365 Days, which I'm going to set up a little more than I usually do in the intro for this, because I have a feeling some of our film fans out there have never heard of this film. Um, it's probably good for you if you have. I will say the preface here is it's basically a Polish version of Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm going to go ahead and say, having seen one Fifty Shades movie, I don't know if either of you two have, but this is racier. This movie that we saw today mm. is racier. And they're making a sequel because it's a part of a book of trilogies. And yes. <laughs> in June, it spent four days as the number one streamed movie on Netflix. Before Whoa. Defy Bloods wow. came out. Really funny that Defy Bloods took over from this film. And in January <laughs> of 2021, this month, or last month, it was still in the top 10 of this Netflix most streamed movie list. So it's Polish. They speak Italian. There's also a lot of English. And it's a movie you may have never heard of. And here it is. It is still in discussion, despite having a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we're going to talk about that in a second. It's a pretty fun conversation I think we're going to have. But before we get into our first film, Sound of Metal, which would, be, of course, be the best of film sequence, I'll go ahead and say both of these are streamable, right? So mm -hmm. if you want to pause the video and come back in two hours, that's fine. But let's go ahead and do a quick round of what you've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Well, first of all, I have to ask, Jeff, have you got, uh, you got, you got a Tom Hooper uh, framing going on in your... Uh... Your webcam there, your extreme right of frame here. I kind of like the, the posters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Very... I want yeah. you to see. Yeah. I want you to see. <laughs> I want you to see the Phantom of the Opera, the Phantom of the Opera, and the Mamma Mia posters in my over my shoulder. 
Oh, that's that's shout that's, out that's to appropriate. shout out to Tom Hooper in the John Adams miniseries. Give it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This week, um, this week I was working on uh, some stuff, so I like put movies on in the background. But the the main reason for this week's pick was I pick, I went back to Thor two Dark World because we gave that we gave it a lot of shit. It's it's getting better, and I think the main reason I'm enjoying it more is because WandaVision is using the Darcy character. Mm-hmm. And she's, that's basically her, like, she gets introduced in Thor, but she has a lot more to do in Thor 2. And I think I, that made me enjoy it more. Apart nice. from that, I've had uh, Babylon 5 Dave. playing in the background. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a culture <laughs> shock. <laughs> The Disney Plus execs fucking love you, Dave. Here we are. WandaVision comes out, and all all you do every week is rewatch all of the Marvel movies. They sit there, and they they toast themselves every time they listen to our podcast, which I'm sure they do, of course. Yeah. Hi, hi Disney. You're doing great. Um, yeah. Like, did you guys see WandaVision this week? Because they I have... really turned, they turned it on its head. I'm not going to talk about it, but they turned it on its head. Nope. Like, the whole I did. This is my favorite episode universe, so far. Yeah. Episode five. Dave, I rewatched. I told you I rewatched. Five. I rewatched some of the Marvel movies uh, last month, and I felt the same way. I didn't mind Dark World nearly as much as I did the first time. Uh, let's mm. see. For me, we talked about Mank last week, so um, I think it was yep. Sunday night or Monday night. I stuck with David Fincher, and I watched. Or two weeks ago, was that last week? Anyway, stuck with David Fincher, and I watched his <laughs> it was Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I don't think I'd ever seen the American version. Um, oh, so I, I enjoyed it. Really, really good. Have you really seen intense. the originals? Yeah. Oh, I've seen, I think I've seen the first one. I haven't watched the second or third one of the Swedish version mm. yet, but I, I don't think I'd ever seen David Fincher's. Um, that was a weird watch with my mom. <laughs> Did I watch? <laughs> yeah. That was intense. Uh. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched that. And then I, I watched some um, The Town, The Little Things, if anybody, that's not on our list, but it's, that it's came on my, out on- It's on my list. Yeah, it's on personal list. <laughs> I wanted to check it out, that HBO- uh, Max has got, I guess it's a Warner Brothers release. It's the uh, Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, and um, Ram Malik uh, mm. cop thriller. It kind of feels like, a, and I don't mean this in a negative way, it kind of felt like a kind of TV movie of the week. Like it's you're in, you're out. It's not super long. Uh, crime, crime thriller, mystery. It was good. I recommend it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, watch some fun documentaries. Jeff, what'd you watch, dude? Watched episode five of WandaVision. Dave, shout out. Um, mm. I, I still stick to my guns at the beginning. I wish they dragged it out more because it's really fun and I, I would have been even happier to spend more time, but I, it's great. So having said that, I understand that it's in process and I'm, I'm, I'm judging it a little soon. This is going to be a great binge someday. I know. Um, I mean, it I is watched, on the eight episodes. I'm still yeah, watching. I kind of want to wait and binge. Exactly. I, yeah. I think, John, you're going you're gonna to be pretty happy that you did. Um, I watched a couple more episodes of I May Destroy You, which came up in the Golden Globes conversations a lot. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. an amazing show. So just to just to confirm what you're reading about online, um, it's it's exceptional. It's category redefining. Uh, it's it it pitched as a comedy, and it is a, it's a very dark comedy, but it brings up really interesting subject matter in a way that I'd never seen before. It's amazing. So I May Destroy You, shout wow. out. Um, I. I watched Lilo and Stitch because fuck you guys. I watch Disney movies sometimes. And I watched uh, <laughs> the better part no, of some of the, <laughs> the White Tiger. Some of the movies. Oh, yeah. The White what? Tiger. Yeah, yeah. Some of the movies What's I watched that? this week were Indian the uh, Imagineers. Yeah. 
If anyone's wondering what's going on, we oh, yeah, Jeff, I saw that on Jeff's our, our shared Disney and Plus, and he's got a, he's got a massive, massive delay on his uh, on his camera. So uh, yeah, yeah. Go, Hopefully, Dave down. spends the time to correct that. But now that he said that statement, he's not going to. Um, and then the yeah, so the the White Tiger, and I'm in grad school. So as I'm listing all of these things, I'm thinking maybe next week I should work harder on grad school. Oh, and also my mom watched two. My mom watched The Sinner season one, so I was snowed in in New Jersey with them for a bit. And I watched a couple episodes of that. And shout out, the season three, I think, just came out. So that's why she got into it. And it's it's really good stuff. Really surprised. Jessica Biel and Bill Pullman, good stuff. Um, nice. I think that's it. That's plenty. Any Anything else? I, I, we don't have to talk about the Golden Globes anymore. Nominations came out. Very interested to see what's happening. I think we covered. Yeah, that's, interesting that's stuff. We'll talk about it a little bit because there was a snub in our first... There's a snub in our first movie, so maybe it'll come up. But um, yeah, read Reddit if you want to get angry about the Golden Globes. But let's let's keep it... Uh, these two films what do you guys say read read reddit if you want to get angry about anything mm-hmm. <laughs> right 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 yeah 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 There's, yeah there is a yeah, lot of good stuff interesting stuff fun stuff in the golden gloves but all right so yeah, let's talk about stuff. sound of metal so i if you if you've been watching this uh watching if you've been listening to our podcast or watching us on twitch or facebook which we do every week if you guys want to have some fun on sunday um i've seen sound of metal twice i love this film so I'm going to get my bias right off the bat. So Sound of Metal is Riz Ahmed, who you may know from The Night Of or Nightcrawler. We've talked about him. Um, it is the writer-director's first directing of a feature. And his name, since I had to close everything because of my delay, is Darius Martyr. He was also a co-writer of the screenplay for The Place Beyond the Pines, which we talked about recently. So he is somebody who is good and talented. It also co-stars Olivia Cook, who is a... She's a burgeoning child star and not child star she's in her 20s now but she was a child and star I 10 miss, years ago she was in ready and, player one as well hmm. yes you're right she was awesome mm-hmm. in, in ready player one and i'm just gonna get it right off the bat paul racy is so fucking good in this movie he is um a signer and he is the the third bill but he is the he's a supporting actor who got fucking snubbed at the golden globes and i hope it, the, the snubs don't matter but i just hope <laughs> he gets the recognition he deserves because what he provides to this film is so incredible and it's stuck with me. I've seen it twice and I still think about yeah. just the, the subtle behavior he does. So anyway, we'll get back to him. But the movie is about is a heavy metal drummer, Riz Ahmed, whose life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. So essentially what this is, is it is a character study of what happens when, when a musician, a young musician, is going deaf. And all of the trials and tribulations associated with that. So his girlfriend, Olivia Cook, in the film, who the two of them travel in an RV and do a two-person metal set everywhere they go, which is really doesn't take up that much of the movie. So don't let that scare you too much, getting some, some heavy metal and some scream singing going on. Uh, she basically doesn't know what to do. So she takes him to a deaf community to, to kind of rehab and try to, you know, figure out what's going on which is where Paul Racy's character, Joe, who basically runs a, um, a uh, N.A. for substance abusers of all kinds who are deaf. And so Riz Ahmed ends up there and he learns some sign language and he starts to cope. But it's really about him coping with the fact that he's, he's, he's probably going deaf. And it's fascinating. Two hours, it's on Prime. So if you have the Amazon subscription, Prime. free on Prime. Yeah, and um, I'll leave it there. Who wants to go first with Sound of Metal? I loved it. Great. I'm really, assuming that's the really delay. This okay, John, go ahead. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I remember you talking about this earlier in the, 
in the year whenever you've watched it the first time. Uh, I had been anticipating this one a bit because I knew Darius Martyr had co-written Place Beyond the Pines with Derek John Franz, and I, I just had a feeling they probably worked in the similar tone. So, you know, as I've mentioned quite a bit, I kind of I feel like we don't really get to see a lot of movies like this anymore, and those guys exclusively seem to try to write for film that is in this tone, adult drama, if you will. You know, and it also doesn't feel like adult drama on television. It's not just because of the handheld style, the way they film it, although I think that it, that might be part of it. It does have, it feels a little bit more cinematic than a television show that could have been set like this. But uh, really, it's the patience. Um, Riz Ahmed is wonderful, and we've talked about him before, but I think this was the first time for me that he went to a a, a new level. And I think it's, it's it's not because the other movies that I that I love him in that you've already kind of listed off didn't celebrate his this wonderful natural patient behavior that he kind of brings to everything but this movie really stood still with you and it's it's not a gimmick but the subject matter of being deaf there were so many opportunities that the filmmakers took advantage of where Riz was just for I'm I'm not mocking him trying to listen trying to listen with his eyes, trying to listen physically when he was losing the hearing. So there was a lot of it where it was just cinematic gold, where it was just photography. Just point the camera at this actor and let him deal with this obstacle. And it worked so well for me. It was so fucking compelling. I was, I was not waiting for the next plot turn. I was just watching him behave, and he was so relaxed. Uh, I have hmm. some other things I want to talk about for sure. But Dave, did you? I, I responded really emotionally. It was a very emotional response for me to this movie. Yeah, I, I have a really cold heart. I didn't respond at all, but uh, no, no, I, lo- I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was great. I was actually so inspired. I don't, I don't, I don't know whether you've uh, noticed yet, Jeff. If you've got the stream on your end, but our Twitch stream has captions. Oh, good. Dude. And I, I added that uh, after watching this movie. Fuck yeah, dude! I was like, this is something we're missing. Yeah. Um, and wow. it's, yeah, it, it, it gets it right about seventy percent of the time. The captions, and uh, if you notice, did you watch with the captions on? No. Um, the second time. Yeah. yeah, watch it with the captions on because not all of them are there and that's on purpose. Wow. They've specifically okay. messed with certain things like in certain things where he can't hear, you can't hear. Right. And they've done the same thing with the captions. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know this This sounds, this is a shitty note to, to give for this film, but the audio work on this film is fantastic. Um, yeah, doesn't take away from the fact that this is supposed to be a deaf friendly. Although I'm gonna, I'm, I'll talk about that in a second. The, the the deaf community, this 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 is not a movie that the deaf community is going to necessarily love. Um, we'll talk about that in one second. But but the, the audio, the way that that you hear it muddled, the way that it almost has this like metallic tingy quality at certain points. It's it's on purpose, obviously, you mm. know, so that we as the, it's a visceral experience. It's slower. There are a lot of close-ups on his face and his eyes. Sorry, Dave, go back to you. Yeah, look, I'll tell you. I'll, no, I'll tell you. When I, when he was standing there and his ears started ringing, I felt the terror. And because I like, I do a lot of audio work. I live in fear of that shit happening to me on a regular basis. And it's, but yeah, I felt, and he he did it perfectly. Like there's moments there where you can see what's going through his mind, and the absolute like his mind's racing. It's like I need to find a solution to this. I need to find a solution to this. And that's the ultimate message of the film. It's yeah. like, do you, or do you just deal with right. the hand you were, were given? Yeah. And the ultimate, uh, yeah. So I'll talk about, spoiler I'll talk alerts about that. as always, we're going to be John, talking about, thought, and then... no, you're good. Spoiler alerts. We, we will 
I don't want to, you know, we won't give away everything, but um, the the progression of his hearing loss, finally building to a place <sighs> where, where it was, they did it so well, where you got to experience it firsthand through his point of view, like Dave was mentioning. And then you got some external point of view from his girlfriend and from the first doctor he saw that basically makes the point, you're never getting back what you've lost. You're trying to hang on to what you have now. He loses more and more oh as time God, goes by until he finally decides to, you know, try to get the cochlear implants in which it finally gets to a place where it's absolute silence. So I was paying attention to the sound design like crazy in this movie, not in a mm. technical way. I was just, you can't help but you start thinking and hearing differently because of the subject matter and the sound design knew exactly how to toe the line with you and just bring you along gently. When it finally got to absolute silence, I was terrified. And yet yeah, he was imagine, making... Can you imagine the, imagine the impact of that in a soundproof theater? I know, I kept... Like we're watching oh, God damn it, I wish I was in a theater. And stuff like I know. That. If, yeah, if you, this is one that would have been phenomenal in the yes. theater to see because when it went silent people, it would yeah. go on silent listening to people breathe differently yeah. in the silence and stuff like feeling people react to that around you uh, last point i make about that though is that there was a there's a counterpoint to what's happening with the sound design and what's happening to his loss of hearing emotionally with the support group that jeff was mentioning that paul ratchie leads so as he is losing more and more you feel him starting to approach his emotional deliverance for for this issue that he has and it, is he going to actually live with it or is he going to continue fighting it and i thought the the patients i mentioned earlier how slowly they bring those two things together there is like a 15 minute sequence after he gets the surgery before the end of this movie where you are just you're just nestled in the arms of these filmmakers i feel like they know exactly what they're doing and which right. builds to this enormous catharsis in the final scene that was just it just landed so powerfully and all of it mattered. The technical needed to happen as supremely as it did or else the emotional could have just felt like a play. You know, you could still have gotten the impact of it by watching actors talk about this subject matter and just behave. But yeah. cinema magic, we had all this wonderful technology we can use with sound and I thought they made a full use of it. Jeff, I want to ask you directly with the deaf community, have you read any articles about them being frustrated about the way that we, uh, the way that they chose to design the sound kind of that underwater bassy kind of feeling because i've never read a whole lot of literature on just, whether or not just, just that's so you, what just, it you, know, you just like. asked if the deaf community had an opinion about the sound design <laughs> i just want to get that out there uh so i'm gonna <laughs> go ahead there's a lot of but there's a lot of people in the deaf community there's a lot of people in the deaf community who <laughs> have lost their hearing and can still read about what people are talking about. So I feel like like the cochlear yes. implants, like we'll talk about that at some points because uh, am I saying that right? <laughs> I think that's the cochlear? right way you say that. Cochlear. 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 Because I have. Yeah, no, none of us can it, pronounce it. It's cochlear. I did watch a big implants. Thank you. I did watch a big documentary on that a couple of years ago, and there is a big rift in the community that this movie eventually builds to, which is is this something to try to fix or is this something yeah. to live with? And anyway, Jeff, go for it. Um, great, great questions. So Chloe, for, I watched this first with my parents, mom and dad at, in New Jersey in December. And then I watched this again with Chloe and her family because Chloe actually had to watch it. Chloe's in school. She is trying to be a speech language pathologist, an SLP. So she is studying um, speech and, and hearing disorders. And so we had interesting information because that's part of their class. She actually had to watch this for a class. Um, and so 
to the to the to the deaf community and cochlear implants no that there is a very fine line there's a huge separation for this film this film to to your question before is intended for hearing audiences and while it is obviously very friendly in certain respects to the deaf community for instance all of those scenes dave talked about where we can't hear there's signing going on so if you were deaf you would be able to follow that scene but this is about a guy who is very unwilling to lose his hearing and that is not exactly a story that props up the deaf community. Um, also, cochlear implants is um, not a way out, which I'm glad that they do talk about in this. It is for some people, mm. but it's not for other people. People go bankrupt trying to pay for these things that might not even work. Um, also, even just yeah, the fact also, that people like, want I didn't, it I didn't know they weren't covered by insurance. Which they talk also. about in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so expensive. Right, right, right. It, well, it's, it's not preventative yeah. of any kind. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, yeah, so mm. it, is, it is very divisive for the community, especially this film, because I would sit here and say I would probably respond similarly to Riz losing my hearing. But a deaf person would sit there, and just the fact that we're talking about how frustrated we would be losing our hearing is not the most sensitive thing. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like, it's not like people need to have their opinions, you know, coddled. But it's just, I, I think it's important that people understand that this is not just a pro-deaf mu- movie which is part of the reason that I'm so fucking mad that Paul Racy wasn't nominated for a Golden Globe, which I know is arbitrary. I know in the grand scheme of things, it's a small thing. But he was raised with deaf parents. He's a, he is known for being a theater actor who, is, who works with uh, Deaf West in LA, even though he's from Chicago. He signs everything. He's, a, he's an interpreter. He can't get work because most of his, he's seen as like a, he, he has a heavy metal band where he signs and, and he's like an in to this community where he feels really connected to the, the Hollywood deaf community, even though he's not because he can actually hear. Um, it's a different category when you have deaf parents. There is a whole thing because that you are usually going to be interpreters, right? If you, if you, people with deaf parents tend to be interpreters. It's not people that just went to college and learned sign language because the, I just watched, I, there's another thing I watched this week. It's called Signing Black. <laughs> if you're interested about the deaf community, I would recommend this documentary. It's 30 minutes. It's called Signing Black. And, and it's basically the difference between being black ASL and regular ASL, black ASL is much more expressive, but white ASL finds that to be loud, like they're being shouted at just because people are being expressive. It's it's fascinating documentary if you want mm. to know more about about the that that world. But but yeah, just that that Paul Racy, here's this opportunity for him to just say like, I hear you, I see you, and then you know he was so good in this movie, he was. you know, being able to work with with Riz mm. who. Is, is, is very frustrated. He's very frustrated to be losing his hearing. And Paul can understand that, that, the actor and the person. And he helped Riz. He helped Riz understand the sensitivity of this issue more than a producer ever could. The do we, co-actor, do we, the co-star. Do we know if he's got an, uh, an Oscar campaign running? Because if not, we should just start one for him. He's, no, he's, no, we really should. No, he, um, he, he's a top three contender. It's, it's him and Leslie Odom are like one and two. So uh, yeah, it could happen and this whole thing could be for naught. But um. But it's such a small movie with a small budget, and Riz is the star, and he's getting his acclaim. So it's it's just a weird, murky, murky territory. And it's murky. good that anyway. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to right I don't about, mean to bring the podcast down because of that. No, no, no. Just to highlight no, no, the totally just to highlight the fact that he he's playing Paul Racy, the the person we were talking about. He's playing kind of a a sage character, you know, kind of the leader of this anonymous, not it's not anonymous, this deaf community that also works with addiction issues because it's not it seemed like most of them that were living in this house that was working with this other deaf organization a lot of the people who were in his organization in his house were also dealing with addiction and causality not causality but correlation i thought that was very effective to try to communicate what 
seems to be a little bit more relatable issue of addiction to a non-deaf audience, which is most people who are watching this movie, to try to understand the idea that that it is ultimately something you're going to have to live with and that there's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with you necessarily. It's it's just something that it's one of your obstacles. I could not stop thinking about not as much during, but after, I could not stop thinking about how medical advancements, you know, this implant that they were talking about in this movie that is starting to become a little bit more accepted for using on babies and children who are born deaf to get them used to having this. And there's this big debate over what are you supposed to do for kids who can't make that decision for themselves versus adults like Riz in this movie. And it just yeah, kind of made me think about the human condition in general. As we move forward in time and medical advancements start removing these big obstacles, I would feel comfortable saying that everyone who's ever struggled with addiction or any other major obstacle, everyone who was living in Paul Racy's house, right now we are raised on storytelling, philosophy, religion, everything that is based around your obstacles and how you approach them will define who you are. What's going to happen to us when we don't have to deal with those kinds of things anymore and everybody can just is going to be unaffected by this stuff if we ever did get to that point? It really Star does. Trek. That's what's happening. <laughs> Star Trek. Next generation. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, are we just going to have these things where it just doesn't matter? Because even even in Star Trek, though, um, damn it, uh, Reading Rainbow. What's his name? <laughs> the goggles. Who can't see? Randy Rainbow. Oh, Jody. Jody, Jordy, Jordy, thank you. LeVar Burton, Even he yes. still has issues, though, so he can't see the way everybody else sees, right? So at least they gave him that, that his his visor shows him something that no one else can see. So it's not like it still makes him see completely normally. I don't know. I just thought it raised a lot of really good questions about what I think is in in every really good hero's journey, whether it's small, small or huge, that you're going to be defined by how you handle your obstacles. And the fact that this movie carries that question to to literally through the entire film to the very last scene. I thought it was a really good balance. That's why it never felt like I was getting preached to. I almost in a way, and mm. I, I mean this as respectfully as possible, I didn't feel like this was an issue movie because it was it handled the humanity of it right. so well. I learned a lot about the deaf community and the, the ties between that and addiction as well. Uh, for that specific community in this film. But I didn't feel like I was only learning about that. I feel like I was watching a human go through the trials of this obstacle that's been presented to them, which was, oh, that was no so refreshing. Denying. This is like a masterfully crafted film. Like it's, you you could not narrow down. It deserves every nomination it's going to get. Like cinematography is phenomenal. Sound mixing, I'm calling it now, yeah. it's getting that. For um, sure. Actor, supporting actress, supporting actor, directing. Yeah. It's fact- th- This is what we go to the movies for. I agree, dude. I just want to look up this person just because I think we need and to get also because we've been way too long with it. Everybody's getting it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. Since you're going to okay. watch it at all while John's looking this up, while you're watching this, while you're, yeah, ah, nice. Um, put, please put your phone down and watch this movie. I know we, I know, like it's easy to say that, but there are going to be parts of this movie that feel a little long. It's going to feel twice as long if if you put your phone up because you're going to miss subtlety. That is the kind of thing that I've been thinking about for literally two months since I've seen this film. So I, I really recommend you put the, the yeah, phone like, down. Yeah, like not, the not fact paying that some parts not paying attention. Yeah, not paying attention while watching this film is the ultimate insult because there are parts of this film that you literally cannot listen to. Mm-hmm. So put your damn phone down, watch <laughs> yeah. the film. Shout out to intended. I think yeah, I think dad. for the main sound editor. The person who's getting the credit, his name is Nicholas Becker. I think he got his single credit uh, post post film as well. Oh, so that's anyone right. Because editing, works... editing and mixing is the one category now, isn't it? 
Well, he got the editing. He got sound editing. And the recorder, I think, is uh, Jamie Bakshid, Maria Carolina. But whoever was involved with the sound, I mean, you're going to get every award you deserve. It was so effective. Wonderful mm. movie. Why was this not nominated, Jeff, for... I, I didn't see this on the uh, Golden Globes. Best picture. It was not nominated for... It was only nominated for Riz. It's, it was just Riz. Yeah, just for Riz. What the fuck? And the weird Whatever. thing about that... Well, anyway. so the Academy Awards for, for Best Picture will add more... There's more than five films that get nominated now. There's a threshold. They do... Um, they do... Shit, I forget what it's called. Um, it's, it's one, two, three voting. You can vote for multiple awards. As oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple nominees. Uh, pre- preferential. Can I think of that right now? Yes, thank you, Dave. Asshole Jeff. You yeah. can buzz me for that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, there it is. Um, but but it's weird for the Golden Globes because no, you get five, five drama, dramas ago, and five comedies. <laughs> That's okay. You get five dramas and five comedies. So it is it is a little weird that this one that this one got snubbed. But oh well. You know, yeah. Golden Globes is just a They're... television show. Really excellent. Really really excellent. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah, I mean, um, also, uh, no, yeah, interesting technical, little bit of technical thing on this one. Um, they shot this on Kodak film, so it was actually shot on film, but they shot it in 2Perf, which is a technique basically where the frame only uses two perforations on the film. So you can actually get, like, normally normally you, you lose, like, you use three or four. Um, in this case, yeah. it makes using film almost as cheap as using digital, mm, as long as wow. you don't go nuts with your takes. Um, uh, and, yeah. Like you can only do it if you're gonna like do a like two point three five aspect, like because the frame otherwise is just too high. But right. yeah, it's a it's a great little technique that's kind of helping films stay relevant. And I don't think this, I... this would not have looked as good on digital, to be honest. Well, you heard it here, yeah, folks. Right. Dave said it. Well, I yeah, don't right think I ever heard you say that. Can I? Can I ask? Mm. Can I? Can I? Can we wrap up with what was your favorite scene? Yeah, uh, I, I don't yeah, want to be. Go. I don't want to be. That guy, um, there were some really wonderful, wonderful dialogue-driven scenes. Uh, and I mean dialogue, whether or not you're actually speaking it or if it was signed. Um, there's two really heavy hitters from Paul w- with Riz that are very, very, oh very emotional. God, yeah. There's two really good scenes with Riz and his girlfriend. I can't remember her name. Um, who plays Lou, Louise. And uh, my favorite scene, though, because I kept waiting for them to use the cinematic effect of how to show us what he's experiencing in a very visual aesthetic way without, without sound being there. How are you going to play with us seeing what he's seeing with sound and then showing it to us in a more beautiful way without sound. And I'm not going to give it away, but this film builds to a really powerful moment where they use that effect. And it, that was my favorite scene that for sure. I think you guys know what I'm nice. talking about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Dave. Dave? Um, actually my favorite scene was the uh, just that really quick, when they've, he's gone to Paris to meet her, and the when they they're finally alone, the it's okay. Oh my god! Yeah. Speech that yeah, Holy like, oh my god. God. like yeah, like it or not, this movie's Please gonna don't rip, have your phone yeah, for that. It's this like, movie's gonna rip you know your fucking exactly feels what he apart. Means. Oh yeah. my god, dude! Oh, you know exactly what, he, and you, you've been there. That's the kind of stuff that you can't write. That mm. no, you can't write on script. And her, you've been like, there, and when he says her reaction it's okay, is perfect. you know what he means. Yeah. Like, why are you saying? Oh my god, oh my her reaction is so good. Yes. Yes. That is yes. that was that was the scene I'm going to take okay. away from this. I or thought like, anyone mentioned yeah. this movie, that's the scene's coming to mind. When Paul, the Paul that, scene I was talking about, the Paul scene, the final mm-hmm. goodbye scene between him and Paul, and mm. I thought I was I was already on board when it got to that scene with her. I was like, this is a wonderful movie. This is going to be one of my favorites. When yeah. it got to the ending, I was like, holy shit! But for so all three of us got our favorite scenes in there. Yeah, right, awesome. 
That was, yeah, because mine, mine was both of those that you just said. But I just, just the line where Paul basically says, this is Paul Racy as Joe. He says, like, I don't know what led you to make the decisions that you made that put you in the position that you're in. I truly have, I can't understand why you did that to yourself. Mm. But I hope with all of my heart that it brings you happiness. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. When he says that to him and he's signing it, when he said, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then Riz just, he's like stunned and he just says, thank you. It's like, oh my God, it's just a fucking total shot. So in grounded. Ah. So grounded. God damn. <laughs> Woo. Watch this movie, oh folks. <laughs> yeah. It's on Prime. Please watch this movie. All right, people. I love this movie. It's my favorite of the year so far. We still have more to go, but I, I'm going to say it here. Um, okay, people, that's it. We're going to go ahead and take a little pee break. And we are going to come back and we are going to talk about one of the most popular films on Netflix this year, (laughs) despite it's 0% on Rotten Tomatoes, 365 days. We will see you in a second. And we're back. We're back. People. You know, I, I totally forgot one tiny thing about Sound of Metal that has nothing to do with the film, which is I tweeted today and then I no, I don't tweet very often. Nobody follows me. It's fine. I retweeted from our handle. Shout out to at the love of cinema. Yeah, sorry. On Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Basically that there was a I, I was about the Paul Racy snub. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of conversation about Golden Glows, but I just feel like hmm. I wish Paul Racy, whatever. And Paul Racy's wife liked it. Oh, oh nice. Dude. Really, I thought I was Yay. like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm glad she's looking up hashtags of her husband. That's so cool. Cool. Post, um, post a link to the show as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 All right. Well, friends, it's been, it's been fun talking about sentimental, but it's time to get into our, it was the worst to film category. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about uh, 365 days. I have my notes up here. So I mean, 365 just, days. Just looking at the poster, you know what you're in for. Jesus Christ. Okay. So I, I honestly like not to give into the gimmick too much, but it's, it's 50 shades of gray. But it's Polish, and they're also in Sicily. Poland and Sicily. Most of the film, they do speak in English. Very popular on Netflix, as I mentioned earlier. And it's a trilogy of books. I'm going to go ahead and say this off the bat, just because there's all of the reviews I read were talking about how it's objectionable, it's so blatantly sexist and offensive in many ways. The author of the book is a woman, it's co-directed by a woman, and it's co-written by a woman. Does that mean it's not sexist? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> Does um, that mean that it's that women aren't being objectified in here? No, they I'll definitely tell, tell you are. What, Amer- but, you America know, is like that as well, because I read some of the reviews on this, and it was like they can't deliver a line to save themselves, but fuck, they look hot naked, was one review I found. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so that's uh, why it was number one on Netflix. Yeah. Right. Why is this nominated for a Razzie? Well, any popular movie that has bad critical reviews usually is up for the Razzie campaigns. It's you have to be popular. It can't just be a bad movie that nobody's heard of. Uh, this has zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a three point two on IMDb uh, out of ten, obviously. And Ooh. on Metacritic, there are only two critics' reviews on Metacritic. One is a ten, and one is a twenty-five out of a hundred. <laughs> um, but it's very, very popular. It is straight up. It's it's there. There there's about ten minutes of this movie. No about a third of this movie that is softcore porn it's it's it, it really it, it really is mm-hmm. it, it is it yeah mm. so anyway we're talking about it here um it's 50 shades of gray except for the guy is uh, a gangster who took over the family business when his father passed away um and he kidnaps her because he has visions of her this girl named laura 
his visions of her and he sees her in real life. So he stalks her, he hunts her down, hunts her down. I guess that's not right for a gangster. He stalks her, kidnaps her, locks her away in a, a castle or some shit and says, you have 365 days to fall in love with me. I think they explain why, but it's really yeah, murky it's, with it's all the basic, sex. So it's I, I basically it. Beauty and the Beast with nudity. It is, except it's very, very <laughs> aggressive. It's like, uh, it's it's upfront about how rapey it's going to be. Like, rapey yeah. is a good word. So even if you're watching this, like, you know, like, you know what? I want a terrible Fifty Shades of Grey that's racier than that to all of our younger fans out there. Mom and Dad, I'm really happy I did not watch this with you this week. I was, was going to ask. Uh, that was <laughs> my too. first question. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I was snowed <laughs> I was snowed in with them for two days this week. And I was like, well, we've already seen Sound of Metal. So why don't we watch this other movie? I'm so happy I put it off. Oh, my God. Um, That's all I was For those of you who want it, just know that the, the first hour especially is very rapey. Jeff doesn't like no to actual, read the log no lines before rape. he watches the movies. Oh, my God, dude. I think, yeah, on like Thursday, I, t- I reached out to you. I was like, did you guys know that? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and and he's the mob, so they're 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 like saying whether or not they should handle sex traffickers, and they're like, we would never work with sex traffickers. That's so beneath us. Yeah, okay. Uh, as they about to kidnap a woman, but of course she wears fancy things, and they buy her whatever she wants, and you know it makes women look really you know impressive in the workforce. I guess it's 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 a strange it's a strange watch I, for sure. I have a lot of questions. All right, knock yourself out. Yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, kick it off, dude. What are Take your, it from yeah, there. Cause I, okay. I'm sure we'll oh, there's some... sequels in the works, by the way. The yes, sequel is there, in the works. there are sequels in the works. Uh, did you read what the, the other two books are about? No. Because uh, no. the second, the okay, so the first book is he kidnaps her and gives her 365 days to fall in love with him, which spoiler alert, yeah. she does. Um, and and then in the second one, another guy kidnaps her, and she falls in love with him. Uh, and what? they also it's introduce the guy? main guy. They also introduce the main guy from the first oh one's God. evil twin brother, for who's British for some reason. Uh, and then in the third one, someone else kidnaps her. As a, it's, it's a, she's going to be like fucking Bruce Willis running. How can the same thing happen to the same person three times? And spoiler alert, one of, you know, I guess the ending of this movie isn't what we think it is. I guess if, if there are two extra books about this. Well, now, it, now we know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. It, it I, ends on the mother of all cliffhangers. It's going to piss you right off. I can tell you that. Yeah, this was a, uh, I'm not going to lie. This was a. This was a ballsy release for 2020 after everything we've been through the past four or five years. I, I, I this guess, is a month after George Floyd. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know that Jeff alluded to, you know, all the rapey stuff and everybody lived through the women's movement. Not that we needed th- that movement to feel uncomfortable with a film like this. But I mean, the first half of this movie, when he's basically introducing his plot of you have this time to fall in love with me. And basically in every scene until she finally does give in and want to have sex with him, he basically keeps saying, I'm not going to make you do anything until you want to. But the staging of the scene is him like his hands are all over her boobs and his knee is in her crotch or his hands around her throat. He's still like all yeah, over he, her without he her He puts consent. her in a leg spread up. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I won't do anything without sake. your consent. And then he chokes her yeah. if she doesn't have sex yeah. with him. Yeah, that's And again, I okay, totally so... get it that this is like for softcore porn purposes, like if you're going in for only this, like this is a softcore porn. I mean, the story, what's, how do you figure it out if it's a softcore porn or not? Just like all pornography, remove the sex. And does the story actually make sense? The answer is no. The answer, the answer is, the story, right? The story doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're right, but I still have to buzz it. Yeah, um. sure. <laughs> the first scene, 
The first also, scene was a little compelling. I was just, I was going to wait to get there. Oh <laughs> my god! Oh sorry, sorry. We'll get, oh sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, we'll we'll talk about this. All right, I'll just skip back. The first the first scene actually is relatively compelling. I was like, maybe this is movie. This is not going to be quite as bad as I thought it was. I was wrong about that. The soundtrack is the nail in the coffin. Jeff, you're right. I think this is a Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think this is. I think they stole this from Fifty Shades of Grey. Zero for a reason, folks. Did they? Did they ask themselves like, do you think the sound editors for both reasons sat back in the editing booth and they were like, these these sex scenes just don't work. They're too creepy unless we put a really bad pop song behind them. Like, is that is that like the I, I, I formula? Know, I, the, like, how? I'm I'm wondering at what point because there were two directors. I'm wondering did did they talk to each other? Yes. <laughs> what was no, the no there's a reason there's a reason for this because like there are certain scenes where they react one way and then in the next scene that's all gone like there's right. no yeah. collaborate like there's no there's almost like there was a missing scene in the middle where everything settled down and okay my biggest point a problem with this is there's no indication of the passage of time so i'm like oh, okay this is covering like you know 100 days or 200 days or whatever no yeah at one the point movie she, called 365 yeah, at days. one point she throws out a line it's like you've only known him two months yeah yeah which means she pretty much banged him like day four yeah <laughs> yeah there like, is one scene this, this, none of this makes sense you're right. And and the fact that in the middle of this movie, there is a secondary plot that is happening to Massimo, the, 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 the guy in this. He's the leader of the Sicilian Mafia family, as Jeff said. Mm-hmm. And there is an exterior plot about him dealing with starting a gang war with another family. And she does play into that. But you might miss it. You might miss that detail. Yeah, and what if, the hell happened to that? Exactly. And if you miss that detail, the end of this movie is going to be like, what the fuck? What? What? What just happened? Yeah. And then he falls the, on his knees and it's over. And you're like, what? The, the <laughs> first thing I saw of plot was when the woman walked up to them in the club and went, I'm going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first time I saw anything that was like, and don't get me like wrong. This is half of this is shot like a music video. Yes. So yeah. like, they got the a drone. 50, they got a drone and they that fucking 50 shades used it. thing, dude. It's the same kind of style. I really I'm curious. Did they like study softcore porns and were they like, let's just let's just take the production value up a notch, but we don't want to leave that the way that movie feels. What didn't work for me the most of this, and again, I've never seen Fifty Shades, is that Sorry, mom and dad, but we've all seen pornography in our lives. Anyone who has seen some kind of shout out to Boogie Nights, anyone who has ever watched like an actual <laughs> pornographic film, it's usually to legitimize your no, sexual come on. viewing. It's usually, by saying, it's oh, usually, yeah, I see Boogie Nights. It's so. usually kind of funny. Everyone is usually kind of nodding along with the story because you know that's not why you're watching pornography, even though, again, in Boogie Nights, that's the whole point to try to make a good story. But even then, it's it's funny. There there were so many holes in this. And yet they did, they were trying so hard to make me understand who these characters were that when it got to the sex, I was super uncomfortable because it's not pornography. There is no detachment. I knew who they were too well for me to mm. not feel like I was being voyeuristic. It was, it was gross. It didn't and make I, me I feel admit, like I was were, watching there, some fun there sex. Were some, there were some scenes I was looking for the, like an obscuring pot plant or something. Uh-huh. It just like, but I mean, for Jeff's comment about how, how it's like incredibly racy, I, I don't. I didn't find it incredibly racy. Like, sure, there's a little bit of nudity and there's a bit of, you know, they when they go a out. A little it, bit it, of nudity. It gets, it gets a bit rough. <laughs> I've seen worse shit on American Gods. Really? Yeah. Well, you see, wait, really? Yeah. 
I mean, she she does him for like four minutes in seven locations. Oh yeah, locations dude, don't get me wrong. It's it's, it's got a fucking montage I haven't seen the likes of which like since Good Luck Chuck. Where do they to shoot be that yacht so, scene? You know, I mean, like, shout out to Good Luck Chuck. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> let's get back to the music. Finally, Hold on, let's get back to the music. How awful was some of that music? You guys was that like? I mean, it, it was awful. It was. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Yeah, it was no good. I didn't um, understand. Sometimes there was one that this was my favorite moment, and I tried, I made a note of it because I was like, I have got to get this out. Three quarters through the movie, literally moving into the third act, if if you will, I'm being very nice, nice about that. But I guess when the, the third mo- act of this feature <laughs> film, when a new obstacle gets introduced, the, the, the soundtrack drops and the first line is, it's about <laughs> to be tragic. And it's literally like yeah. saying also, what's what, going to happen. I mean, why, just, why did why did half the songs have lyrics about being inside someone? Did they just do oh, a yeah. word search or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of it, dude. I just you guys, what was what was what's redeemable about this? I just didn't. I don't understand why movies like this keep getting made. Like I man oh, up, I woman do. up, on, and go go, go watch real porn. You, know. you don't need to watch this yeah. movie. There's real porn all over the internet. Why are you why are okay, you watching well, this? For starters, <laughs> I can't I can't redeem the cinematography because like there were the camera movement in the second scene were in the boardroom. There was so like they and they cut into cutting between the two things. And they're panning them different reasons, like different directions. Yeah. There was so many so much fucking movement. I started yeah. leaning like I was playing Mario Kart. <laughs> so it's uh, like then they threw out the line in the very first scene like they literally cut from one side to the other mm-hmm. yeah anyone who's ever shot a film or edited a film will know what the line is basically you do not cross it unless you're really trying to be you know subversive and break the rules it's making a point but that's yeah. not what this was yeah um <laughs> as far as the writing yeah. the movie as far as the writing the movie is packed full of caricatures and cliches mm-hmm Oh, you know, she she has a she has a weak heart, and it's a physical condition that goes away when that it's not useful when she anymore. Starts writing him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah somehow she got, made like, it through two months of nonstop fucking on a yacht, but the heart didn't, <laughs> didn't give up. Right. Then, I just, yeah. I, I, want, I want to say now to say my my dad usually my dad usually listens to this podcast when he's either riding a bike or on a treadmill, and he can't access his phone. So I love the fact that he can't like like pa- pause this. Sorry, like, Gary. He's so screwed listening to this. Right <laughs> yeah. Gary, yeah, just just like this film, Gary, this is happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't stop it. <laughs> oh my god! There was one scene that um, worked for me, and I'm being I'm being what? honest. I, there was well, one okay. scene that worked for me, and I thought it was funny. It's when she finally sees her friend Olga. All right, yeah, yeah, gushing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the gush. gushing has a, oh a new meaning god. for three sixty five days. <laughs> When she goes back to Poland and she sees her friend for the first time in months and months, right? Her best friend, yes. Olga. And she... Uh, Such a hot name. Uh, right? It's great. And they're catching up and you're like, okay, this is silly. And it, and she's basically saying all this amazing stuff. She's like, I've met this man. And I'm like, wow, they're the melodrama. Like, is this for real? And then it just does a hard cut to the moment after she has told her the truth and they're chugging wine. And she's like, what's oh, yeah. wrong with me? And I thought I was like, oh, okay, that was the first time in this movie where I knew what it was. And it did yeah. work for me. Right. I did laugh. And I was like, God, that's good. That was funny. I've been waiting for that. Maybe from now on, Ogle will be my uh, my reasonable point of view. Nah, they kind of threw that out the window after that yeah, scene. Yeah, but... her, her arc was literally one flirting scene in a bridal boutique, and then exactly. that's it. She's gone. What the uh, fuck? Apparently, yeah. she has a, she apparently uh, she's yeah. a bigger role in the second film because she ends up getting oh, with good. that guy. She Spoiler was my favorite right. character. 
I like yeah. I liked all girls. Well, she, yeah, maybe they'll maybe they'll actually invite her and her parents to the I'll, I'll tell you what though, it, like, right at the, right at the beginning, like when he kidnaps her and she gets the gun off him and she's got the gun in his face, like you've just been kidnapped. Pull the trigger. Like if she pulled the trigger, this would have been a perfectly fine short film with some cool drone shots. He's too sexy, Dave. He wait, He's too sexy. Wait, here we go. Wait, I love this. This is this is called porner film. What would you do? Okay, so she's at a bar trying to make him jealous. <laughs> And he's in the other room with a stripper and doing cocaine. And she tries to make him jealous. So she starts flirting with another guy. But it turns out the guy is with the rival family's gang. So when Massimo, our lead, gets angry, he pulls a gun. And Tarantino style, there's a bunch of dudes pulling guns on each other. And it's all her fault because she gets in the way of his business. Mm -hmm. What do they do? She apologizes and they have sex for two full minutes. Instead of no, instead no, of all of a sudden now we have a violent mob situation with families I, against each other that's all of her fault. It really was just the beginning of a softcore porn. I yeah. do I do also love that like every time she faints, he picks her up and puts her in the room with the best lighting. Mm. <laughs> they know what they're doing. What about the time she what about the time she surprises him in his hotel room and there just happens to be a dominatrix like waiting in the shadows? Like okay. for a cue. Well, to come uh, in. By this point, we're at maybe week. <laughs> nobody, yeah, okay, nobody knows sur- what we're talking she, about. She yet. hasn't banged him yet, so we're at like day four, day five uh, of yeah. captivity. She's alone in a hotel room. Fucking escape! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm gonna, trying, I'm gonna yeah. open the door and go down to where he is. Like half of, none of this makes sense. Which is my ultimate criticism. Which is why I'm not gonna try to respect this film too much, even though we we try to do that on this section. But this is why I don't know if this film deserves our respect. Because we all know what these move these Fifty Shades and Three Sixty Five Days, what they're trying to get to, that there is this darker side to our fantasies that makes us make ambiguous decisions sometimes because we're so driven by desire. It was mm-hmm. not. I did not get enough of that. If you're going to try to do that, then do it right. Don't just make it about the sex and the hot guy. Make it about yeah. the conflict day, within. I day didn't two, see enough he of took that. a shopping for clothes. Like, yeah, come it, on. It, it, it just and they got they, she got a lot of clothes. Yeah. Of also, clothes. I, I got to tell you, <laughs> there, there was some badass coloring on that red dress too. They it's, fucked that uh, up. Yeah, dude, like the coloring was, the location. Was, there was noise. There was literally noise. Oh, on the dress, bad, you, oh yeah. you meant actually bad? I thought yeah. you meant no. Good. It was badass, bad. Badass means yeah. good in the West. She looked great. I mean, she looked so. the clothing with uh, the costumes. You know, some of the stuff. I could see how there were yeah. some aesthetic things that looked Look, really they, nice. They both looked. They both. They're both very, very attractive human beings. Like that's not the problem, but like. Talk, there is a way to show if you want to show that much sex. You can show that much sex, but it's gonna that sex would have been heightened way more for me had I actually been feeling her <laughs> conflict. I, I wasn't feeling yeah. it. I was just feeling like I'm just waiting for them to have sex. Not, oh my People, god, I hope she doesn't, but I kind of hope she does. I was never feeling and it, with everyone's her. like, this is the most sexual film, and then they make you wait 40 minutes. <laughs> and the fat's a tough 40 minutes, too. There's it's some a, raping with, stuff. With, there is like, a very nasty, uncomfortable. Like, dude, this movie job. is a horror show. A horror One, show of misogyny and bad consent messages. Like, it, it's, I still don't like, know if literally. I saw what I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, you I did. It was prosthetic. It was prosthetic. Which, you know. They, they, because they there is an ongoing. There's an ongoing. Because those women were. Yeah, there's an ongoing really argument about cons- that, um, like about whether some of those scenes were real. Because let's face it, that long shot with the drone on the on the boat, that was very revealing. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks so. Real. But they're they're saying anyway, nope, it was absolutely not real. They're just that good an actor. 
Right. I, mean, I call bullshit. Well, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, if, I, if I'm going to go ahead and talk about this in, in respect to Fifty Shades, which gets shit on, but it made a lot of money and people watch it, it's a guilty pleasure. Their chemistry was better than the Fifty Shades chemistry. And <clears throat> I know that sounds weird. Well, it's weird, because it's, 50 shades. It's, it's weird because <laughs> it's weird because it was it was it was it's like kidnap. Yeah. Borderline. You consent to what could be considered a like there's a lot of gray area. So if that's a fantasy of, of women, fine. So that's very strange. Having said that, and yes, and, and she likes them the same way, but Belle and Beauty and the Beast, as you said before, which is obviously <laughs> different than this. But just you believe it. But that but they believe it because she seems convinced. And and this it's that's the weirdest part about this is that she seems she totally banged the, the that chemistry's, beast. The chemistry's good, which which is creepy. It's really fucked up. But for married couples in quarantine, I can see why they're making a sequel. Other Have you guys that. ever seen the piano, that Jane Campion film with Harvey mm-hmm. Cattell? And so I know we're not. Wait, I know what? how did we get to the piano? <laughs> because it's a similar. There's a similar. You know the conflict there of like the whether buzzer. or not she, it should be sexual. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I I was not. I don't think they should have tried to make an art house film about the, the sexual ambiguity or the moral and ethical ambiguity of sex in inappropriate situations. But I do think there was probably a middle line where they could have given, they could have given us everything they wanted without lowering the, the quality so much. Like, I don't know. And I didn't see 50 yeah, shades. I, so maybe that's just I mean, a new, I, this is a new genre. Maybe this is a whole new genre. I don't know. I think the highest compliment I can give this is I saw a film that was almost there. Like there was like, there was some elements that were good if it didn't have all this other crap in amongst it. Yeah, there was too much stuff. I mean, stuff. that's, fair. that's, like, that's a criticism, stuff. but like, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't even the think things, it was almost there. Good. I feel like there were way too many holes. It just wasn't. Oh, yeah, massive holes. But like, but like they, you saw some stuff where I think if they had have gone down a slightly different line, this might have worked a lot better. I think it's, I let's think, just put it this yeah. way. Is it weird that Netflix is endorsing this movie? I know that they it's on their you know platform and it gets a lot of views, but a little bit. It's yeah, like, parents, make sure your parental weird. settings are on. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this thing yeah, just, this, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's a little strange that they just have it for free. Like you could you could be watching Emily in Paris. I don't know why you would do that after the Golden Globe stuff, but you could be watching that. And then <laughs> seconds later, you just one click away. You're watching this movie. I agree. Yeah. Ooh, I thought yeah. that was a little strange. I mean, yeah, if you don't have your parental controls, it's very easy to accidentally end up on this and they should really they should really say, like, are you are you sure? Which maybe would entice adults more. I actually think that would be good. Netflix. Another thing I did like about this movie. <laughs> are you is sure you the, want to watch uh, this movie? It's software porn. <laughs> definitely yes. Or definitely not. <laughs> I did think the international multilingual thing was kind of cool. I don't think I've ever seen a, a you know, a that movie was cool. that's this this popular like a pop culture movie do that before. And I did kind of like that. And I would like to see more international productions like start doing that. They are going to because this is an international hit. This is not a national hit. This is an international hit. They speak English two more to Europe, like, they, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot more of those because the, the rules in um, the EU basically is if Netflix wants to set up shop there, they have to feature a certain percentage of content from that place. Okay. So, and they're sending a lot of that content they're sending to the US to fill up, to shore up the content that and we have. And Britain doesn't count, John. Britain so, doesn't count. So. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> well, we get to see own. we get to see Laura get kidnapped two more times, folks. So if you want to tap in and watch three sixty five days, so you'll be in the know right. for the other two times that this woman gets kidnapped. And, yeah. and, and be on the lookout. Christ. Be on the be on the lookout for he for Massimo's British evil twin brother. He yeah, cop that. Oh. He has an evil <laughs> twin brother. <laughs> wow, very Beauty and the Beast like. Okay, cool. Um, 
guys, I, I had to cancel all of my internet because of my delay. So I hope you guys have next week up. But I'm very excited because uh, award season's really happening. And, and we didn't want to give in to the gimmick of award season and what other people were talking about. But we've seen some really good films doing this. So, and I'm very, there's a couple that I really want to see. So I'm, I'm like mm. rooting for a couple of them. I'm to glad be in we our did this next week. I'm glad we did yeah, this yeah, too. I have next week. I have next, <clears throat> next week. Next week's next gonna be week, good. Yeah, we got we got two really good ones. I've been excited. I have been delaying watching our first one, Ma Rennie's Black Bottom. Black is that? Uh, I've is already that seen on, it, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's on Netflix. It's Chadwick Boseman, Viola Davis. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's the entire title, right? I did in short form it, Ma Rennie's Black Bottom. Ma Rennie's Black Bottom. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. And our potential Razzie is Dave has already talked some good shit about this Artemis Fowl, which is available on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yes. And I have also been delaying watching that because I remember you said some bad things when we made our list. I was just like, let me put it off. I so mean, I'll, I'll, com- I'll compliment it. Judy Dench is terrifying. Okay. <laughs> That's on Disney+. Plus. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is available on Netflix if you want to go ahead. Yes. It's only 90 minutes, too. So watch it before our mm. podcast next week. And so guys, Super Bowl picks. Super Bowl's happening in an hour. Go Chiefs. Who's Tampa playing? Bay? Chiefs. Yeah, I'm with KC. <laughs> Dave, I took you to a Giants game. Come on, you got to know. KC, let's do it. Yeah, I've been in like one game and I watched the Super Bowl on TV once and the power went out at halftime. So, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was a good one. <laughs> All right, people. Well, go Chiefs. Very, very glad you stuck with us. And um, we'll see you next week. Anything else, guys? That's all. That's all. All right. I wish Bye-bye. I could sign Bye-bye. goodbye. I need to learn how to do that. Peace, folks.